Matthew 28 here this afternoon. Um, Sarah, what are we having for lunch next week? Uh, soup and sandwiches. Next week, wonderful. Looking forward to whoever's making the steak sandwiches. Steakums? I don't care. Either way, whatever. Whatever it is, fine with me. I'm not picky. <laughs> Matthew 28, we're looking this afternoon at what now? Uh, the, the resurrection has happened. What now? What's supposed to happen now? We know that, um, of course, uh, the disciples, uh, God spent some time There's uh, in the passage. I think it's in, uh, I think two of the books cover it. Maybe all of them do. I don't remember. But uh, uh, on the way to Emmaus, um, talking with the two and and uh, they're sitting there talking with Jesus this is after his resurrection. They didn't realize who he was. And they're walking, and Jesus is talking with them, and Jesus is teaching them. They sit down and eat, and Jesus is teaching them the Bible, and finally it clicks with them. It's Jesus. Their eyes are open, the Bible says, and, um, and almost just like that, Jesus disappeared out from their presence. And they went, uh, it's a straight way, they went and they told everybody else, and then eventually Jesus appeared to the, uh, the 11, technically the 10, and then later on the 11 when Thomas was there as well, and, um, and, and Christ is seen by hundreds there in that time. And then the time comes where Jesus is ready to uh, officially leave earth, um, the end of completely his earthly, fleshly time on the earth. And uh, when we come to Matthew 28, and we've talked about this before, so we won't spend a lot of time on it today, but the Great Commission is given for us here, and I want us to see three things with it. But, um, you know, before Jesus ascended into heaven and uh, the disciples stood there, I love, I love the passage, I think it's in Acts 1, um, but uh, the disciples are standing there, they're looking up as Jesus went into heaven, and there's angels there, and they say, Why stand ye here a-gazing? Basically, it's time to get to work, and, uh, and that's where we are still today, time to get to work, time to get things done. So what now that Jesus is risen? We see it in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission. Look in verse uh, 18. Uh, to give, we don't typically read this far ahead when we're looking at the Great Commission. Look at verse 16. The eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This is the, really the end now of Jesus' time with his disciples. He had been training, he had been teaching, he had uh, uh, been growing them, preparing them for his eventual departure. Now he's gone, now what? And the answer is uh, to, to go and complete this commission. So I want us to see three things. Number one, the plan. The plan is given for us here, uh, verse 19, and go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and teaching them to observe all, uh, all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's the plan. The plan is for us, Christians, to go wherever, wherever God calls us to, 
So currently, as it currently sits today, God has called us to go. Go to our homes, go to our workplaces, go to our community, and share the gospel with all of them. Now God commands some, he calls some to go into the uttermost parts of the world. He calls uh, people with a specific purpose to go across the seas uh, into other countries, into other states, into other whatever, away from where they're at, to literally get up, move, go to these places. God causes all, though, to go. And not, that doesn't always mean it means for us to go to Africa, or to go to China, or to go to Slovenia, or to go to Portugal, or to go to Suriname. It does, that's not what it means all the time. It just means to be active, on the move, going, moving, telling people about Jesus Christ. And it says there the three things, to go teach and baptize, um, the first teach is the teaching of the gospel. Teaching all nations that Jesus Christ came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day and now offers salvation. That's the first teach. Then it says uh, to baptize, uh, that follows the acceptance of salvation, then baptized, and then it goes on in verse 20 to teach, to observe all things whatsoever are commanded you. How to live. Now what? After you're saved, now what? Because it doesn't end at salvation. Salvation ends at salvation, but, but now a relationship with God continues moving forward with how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to talk, how we're supposed to uh, um, love each other, how we're supposed to, all these things. What kind of husband we're supposed to be, what kind of wife we're supposed to be, what kind of child we're supposed to be, what kind of worker we're supposed to be, what kind of boss we're supposed to be. All those things are included in Scripture, and when someone gets saved, they don't automatically know everything, right? We still don't know everything. But it's our job to go and teach, to teach everything that God's commanded, to inform, to help grow, to help mature uh, those who are uh, new uh, to salvation, new to God. Um, then we see the promise uh, there in verse 20. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We're not going alone. Now, hopefully, we're going with fellow Christians to some degree, right? Uh, hopefully we've got, we're, not, we're not alone even here. We have, we have a group that we work with. A church is a body of local believers that have come together for the purpose of edifying the saints. Uh, that's really the main purpose of the church. Salvation is important. We preach salvation in the church, but the church is, is there to edify and to grow. The church ought to go out and reach people with the gospel and then, of course, bring people in where they can hear the gospel as well. But hopefully we are together going and doing this, so we're not alone in that sense. But even if no one goes with me, God says, I am with you. And I'll go with you wherever you go, even to the ends of the world. And uh, you know the, uh, the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No looking back, no looking back. If none go with me, still I will follow. The, the, the song says. Because even if no person comes with me, even if I'm alone as though it would appear, Jesus is still with me to help me in the commission that he gave. If you've ever, um, if you've ever been a kid, hello, we've all been there, um, you, you've had a parent tell you to do something and not tell you how to do it. And you're sitting there going, if you've ever been a husband, you've had your wife tell you to do something, ask you to do something politely, and you did it so you thought until they come back and say, that's not how you were supposed to do it. Okay, if you've been an employee, you've had an employer tell you to do something but not give you what you needed to do it. 
all these sorts of things. We've been through this in life. We've seen it in life where someone gets upset or frustrated or mad because they're just like, you were supposed to do it this way. And you say, but you didn't tell me. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the tools, the resources, whatever it is to get it done. Well, God says you are supposed to go in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He tells us to do that, but then he doesn't just kick us out the door and say, good luck. He says, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the the world. So he's going to be there with us. His presence is with us always. God is there, and that's a promise that he made to us because I will tell you this. Serving God can get very, very lonely. You'll find um, in your most faithful state, you will find times where you're wondering where everybody else is. And by the way, just you need to remember at one time you weren't at the spot you're at and you were the one that left someone else abandoned as well. We're all guilty of it. But doing right is a lonely place to be. It's not the majority. The majority doesn't do right. It's just not the way it works. And so there are times serving God. Listen, I don't, I don't even know if it's necessary to say it. I'll say it anyways and then move on. Being a pastor at times is the loneliest place you can be. And it's not to say that people don't love you. It's not to say people don't care for you. It's not to say whatever. And our church has been great, by the way, with this. But there are times when you're serving in ministry and you're wondering where in the world everybody else is. I've been a pastor at a place that you know, they said, well, that's the pastor's job. Well, I mean, there are things that are my job, sure, but a lot of the things that are told, oh, that's the pastor's job, it doesn't make any sense for it to be just the pastor's job. Well, we're not going to go out and share the gospel with people. That's the pastor's job. No, that's the Christian's job. We're not going to stay late and do this at the church. That's the pastor's job. No. <laughs> it can be, I suppose, be part of the responsibilities or whatever it may be, but no, it's not. I'm so thankful that we have a church that pitches in and everybody does something, everybody helps out somewhere. I'm telling you, it means the world to me and my wife. We've been there when it's been pretty lonely as well. But when we serve God, when we do right, when we're obedient to God, it, you'll find times where you feel like you are alone. You need to remember God's with you. His promise is, I will go with you even to the end of the world. Then thirdly and lastly, as the ham is setting in, um, we want to look at the source of power. Source of power. Verse 18, it says, And Jesus said, uh, spake, excuse me, came and spake and said unto them, saying, All power is given unto the church. That's not what it says. All power is given to the preacher. No, that's not what it says. All power is given unto me. Jesus speaking says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus is the source of our power. I've met people who have the most talent. God doesn't care. He doesn't. I've met people with the least amount of talent. God doesn't care. Because it's not about us. Our source of power is through Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ alone. And the fact that he says, I am your power source. All power has been given unto me, and I will go with you wherever you go. Have you ever had, uh, so at work we have a printer that I keep in the truck to print off the service slips after every stop. And um, when we first got the printers, I didn't have the power cord. So I got through like two days of stops, and then all of a sudden 
I get the notice on the printer that says his battery is about to die. And, uh, and I thought, well, hopefully it lasts the rest of the day. And it lasted half of the next print. And all of a sudden, plump, nothing. Hit the power button, nothing. No power whatsoever. Without the power source, I couldn't do anything with the printer. It was useless to me. Um, and, you know, the same is true. Without Jesus, we have no power source. And without the power source, as much as I hate to say it, we're useless. And if we have not the power, then we can't do the job. And God says, go and teach all nations. Well, without the power, we can't do that. And the power is in Jesus. And Jesus says, I have the power, and I'll go with you. The question is, is, is did you remember to pack the power cord? Do you have Jesus with you? Um, we know, I've said it a million times, and I know you're getting tired of it, but you know, God's not going to give us the power when we're not obedient to him. It's just not the way it works. That's not to say that God can't look at Samson. But that's not the way God typically works. God used Samson um, to deliver his people, God's people, and Samson lived in a, a sinful life. I mean, he was, he was set apart. From before birth, there was, his mom was told, he's going to be a Nazarite. I'm getting into someone's sermon in a couple weeks. Sorry, David. Um, and, and, and all of this is going to happen, and he is, he is set aside for a purpose. He's going to deliver my people. And but Samson's life was, was immoral. It's wicked. God still used Samson to deliver his people, but guess what? Samson died in the process. And I've used this illustration, and I've said, you know, would you rather be used by God in your life while you are alive or used by God in your death and live wickedly along the way. I would more rather God use me while I'm alive to see it happen, to reap the blessings from it, as opposed to me at the end of my life saying, God, I've lived a horrible, wicked life. Take my life and, and all these other people with me. And that's what God did with Samson. See, Samson had the availability of the power source, and God gave him power for certain things along the way, but Samson never saw the benefit of it or the blessings of it. God says, I want you to go. I want you to teach all nations. I am the power source, and I will go with you. But sadly, Christians oftentimes fall back on themselves. Well, I am have this great personality, or I have this great ability, or I have this great talent, whatever it is, and we forget that God is the power source. And we think that my talent and my ability and my personality is the power source. I was that way. Uh, I became a pastor at 26, came out of camp, and... Uh, you know, at camp, you know, my personality was perfect for camp. Uh, I would do skits and silly stuff and sports and all these kinds of things, and I fit really well there. And I assumed that transitioning into pastoring, my personality would get me through a lot because I could relate with people or be nice to people or whatever it may be. It didn't take me long to realize that my personality had no power in the position that God had called me to. I needed the power source. Once I packed the power cord... Things changed. They didn't go perfect. I still made mistakes. Um, I wasn't nearly the perfect pastor that I am now back then. But uh, I was hoping you wouldn't laugh. But, uh, but once I packed the power cord, things changed. God began to bless. God began to use me as the vessel that I am to do his work. And that's what God desires from us. He says, I have a work for you, a commission for you. Go and do this. 
But I am the power source. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And lo, I will go with you, even to the ends of the world. So, yes, we need to celebrate the resurrection of Christ, but it didn't end there. It really started there to some degree. Now what? Now we go. So I encourage you. I know you know the Great Commission. I know you've heard me preach on it before. I know you've heard others preach on it before. Um, but let's truly fulfill what God's given us to do, and let's do it the way that God's told us to do it, with him as the power source and depending on him to go with us to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And we can trust in the fact that he will because it's the promise that he made us, and he does not lie. You know, there's a song I was looking for this morning. It's not in our songbook, which really made me sad, but because he lives. Um, and, all, and that song talks about because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, oh, oh, who holds the future? Life is worth the living just because he lives. You see, because of the resurrection, now we have things to get done. And we can live life knowing that he's our power source and will help us through and accomplish what he's told us to do. God, help us, I pray. I believe we would all say we could do better. And God, I pray that you'd help us to do better. Pray that you'd help us to be more faithful with your word and with the gospel and sharing it with those around us. And God, I'm so thankful that today um, the gospel was presented and according to raised hands, people accepted your gift of salvation. And Lord, I pray that we would see continued growth and help. And Lord, I pray that you would use us, uh, Lord, as you are our power source. God, would you empower us to go and, and to accomplish the commission that you've given to us. Lord, I thank you for a wonderful day that we've had here at church. Lord, a wonderful food and fellowship, a time of singing, a time of preaching, a time of learning. And God, I pray that you'd help us today to leave here closer to you, more committed to you for what you have for us in the days ahead. Provide for us, protect us, uh, Lord, this week, and bring us back together safely again soon. We pray in Jesus' precious name, amen. We'll meet here at Wednesday night at 7 if you can be here. If not, of course, let us know. We'll get you the Zoom invite. Um, next Sunday, uh, back regular service times. Two weeks from the day is our anniversary Sunday. Please do everything you can to be here. It's going to be a wonderful time of praising the Lord for what he's done for us um, over the last seven years and especially in this last uh, um, eight months or seven months or however long we've been here um, as well. And we're, I'm really looking forward to it. So please be here. Invite other people to come and uh, be a part with us as well. We're looking forward to a, a good day then and, of course, before then. Um, as well. Continue to pray for the Jeremiah's. Um, uh, they're down there still getting everything situated with his mom after his dad's passing, and hopefully they'll be back with us here uh, relatively soon um, as well as they're gone. Of course, others are traveling. The Stacy's are traveling this week as well. Um, but uh, be praying for each other. Uh, Lord's been blessing that. Let's, let's keep it up. Let's not, let's not slack off, okay? Lord bless you. Thank you all so much for being here today. We'll see you again hopefully very soon. If you need anything, let us know. Uh, let's be dismissed.